0: And welcome back to Net Sticks and Chill for another week. Joining me, Stephen Plutty, is Gordon Good enough. Gordon, uh, how's your week been?
1: Oh, it's it's been fantastic. It's uh it's nice to have uh hockey back. All the all the five AWHL teams have played now. So it's it's nice to have kind of got, gotten a, a view of all the teams.
0: And, and and I guess on that, like which team has been your favorite to watch so far?
1: Um, I'm not sure about favorite, but I think each team has different storylines. So, so, you know, you've, we'll, we'll get into it a, a bit more, obviously, but Brisbane Lightning, who missed out on the, the playoffs, uh, the last time we saw that the A-Dub season and play, they had a really strong weekend, um, against the Perth Inferno. Um, you know, Perth Inferno play high event hockey, um, all, always fun to watch. There's some absolutely outstanding young, young players, um, that that are playing in this league now. Uh, you've got the Adelaide Rush hosted a, a couple of games. Good to see Tash Uh Ferrier, you know, score a couple of goals. Uh, the league's reigning MVP. Uh, and and Daniel Butler for the for the Melbourne Ice with a with a seven goal weekend. And you know, Sydney Sirens, the reigning champions, they're are back at it. Uh, of course, this this week. Um, after after a a, a two goals a two game sweep of, of the Lightning. Uh, what about yourself? What uh, what have you liked?
0: I just, I've liked how different every single team has looked. Like, you look at, I always hate drawing this comparison, but you if you look at the NHL, like, it, a lot of the teams tend to just play similarly. Like, it's like there's five different systems that go around the 32 teams, and that's kind of it. Like, and I know, and I know like, each coach puts, you know, puts his touch on... You know, little changes here and there. But for the most part, it's the same basic systems, just get recycled throughout the league. Whereas here it's five genuinely different systems that all look completely different. And you can tell that there's clear differences amongst the systems and the way the teams have played. And that just makes for incredibly exciting hockey to watch. And we've seen that with a lot of the score lines that we've seen throughout the throughout the league so far, where there's been a lot there's been so many goals scored because teams are just having trouble setting up defensively against all these different offensive systems. And because the a because the hasn't been played in in a couple of years because of the COVID-19 pandemic, teams have been struggling to adjust in-game to these systems that they're trying to see the opposition play on the fly. And so I think we'll see the scoring settle down a little bit as the season goes on and game film becomes available For the teams to watch, and
2: but for now, let's
0: just enjoy the goals.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, You know, um, I'd like to see a a ten spot at uh, at some stage during the season. Uh, The the goaltenders probably wouldn't, but um, uh, you know, and 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 to be fair, there's there's those those high scoring games have have also been uh, mixed with some some strong. uh, you know close close matchups thinking in particularly of the of the two games over the weekend between the the Brisbane Lightning and and the Perth Inferno. The the first game a, a three to two win for the for the Lightning. Their first win as the Lightning and first win of of the season at home. And then the the return match uh on on Sunday was uh, a four two win for the Inferno. Um, you know, by by no means blowouts, tightly contested games. I think I think that gives um of fans, uh, you know, another experience as well, which is nice.
0: Yeah, it, it does. You you're kind of getting to see complete games, and I think having the, I think having the fact that there are double headers, you're seeing teams being able to adjust quickly to what's happened the day before, um, which makes for for a lot more of a competitive competitive second game. Let's just pretend that the, the Adelaide Rush and Melbourne Ice bit didn't happen for, for for the sake of that argument. As we look at those two games, um, fourteen goals eh, across the two games for the Melbourne Ice, uh, putting up the touchdown and the extra point both times, scoring seven. Uh, the Adelaide Rush only just managing the two goals on the Saturday, um. You know, you you mentioned Daniel Butler seven goals across the two games, four goals on the Saturday, three goals on the Sunday. Um, just it's absolutely astounding seeing those numbers put up, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it is, and um, it's uh, you know, it it's exciting that we have, um, you know, an import like like Daniel Butler who's who's part of the league. Um, I I think that the uh, you know the uh, ice hockey in, in Australia. The 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 women that come across as as imports are, are highly skilled uh, individuals. Um, so it's 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 good for the fans, uh, I think. And uh, you know Melbourne Ice, they they have a good team. It's not just centered around around Daniel Butler. You, you look at their blue line uh, and their goaltending, and you know this this team is is deep. Um, but but you look at uh, the the you know privilege that that, that we've had to, to be able to cover women's national championships and under 18s you see those players spread around the league and and you you see you know what what superstars Australia is is capable of producing and and attracting in, in the case of imports.
0: yeah it, it definitely is and we'll be uh we'll be touching on that in our interview with the Brisbane Lightnings Kelly Costa a little bit later on in the program i had andrew mcdougall joining me for that one so th- that's a very fascinating listen so stay tuned and and take all that in i want to look ahead a little bit to to the weekend ahead now uh, perth get to host games for the first time this season they'll take on the sirens uh in the double doubleheader on saturday and the sunday what are you looking for in in those ones
1: well, I, I think the, the champions uh Sirens, you know, they um they had a, a good opening game on the Saturday and then a really tight game that they were um some might say that they were lucky to get the win on, on the Sunday. Um, you know, uh, Brisbane were, were leading that, that game with just a few minutes left. Uh really pushed uh the um the Sirens the, the Sirens hard. So I, I'm I'm looking to see um if the Sirens can. I don't know if you can say shake off the championship rust because it's been like three years since anyone's played. But but you know if if they can, um, you know they they've lost some players from that championship team. Think of their captain Stephanie Cochran who who moved to Melbourne soon after and is with the Melbourne Ice as part of a uh, key part of their blue line. Um, they had uh, Nadine Edney who's who's you know playing for the Toronto Six. Um, so they've they've lost some some really important players so it'll be interesting to see they have got a lot of good young talent and and we saw that we we um you know Remy Harvey spoke about you know Lucy York scoring her first goal you've got Gabby Arps, who who we saw as well in the under 18 championship so it, it'll be interesting to see if that mix that, that the Sirens have of of experience and and youth um can you know gel quite quickly uh, the the Perth uh travel to Perth is is always a tough one Perth is going to have a good crowd in the Coburn Ice Arena and they'll be prepared for this one. So I'm looking forward to to a couple of great games.
0: They will be good games indeed. And I'm glad you got the uh, pronunciation of uh, Perth's, um, Perth's arena right. I, uh, I had that one shock me for the first time a little bit earlier this year in the... Uh, during the Australia Cup, as uh, Coburn were part of the round of 32, and uh, there was definitely a few occasions where a number of uh, number of people involved across covering that were pronouncing it uh, the the way it's spelt, and that's definitely not the case.
1: You yeah, one, one thing to, to look out for the the Perth Inferno really peppered uh, the Brisbane Lightning uh, last weekend with with shots, uh, dominating the the shot count. In the first game on the Saturday, they recorded something like 48 shots. Imogen Perry for, for the Brisbane Lightning was, you know, stood on her head, was absolutely fantastic and, and made 46 saves for the 3-2 win. So it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, she she uh, apparently after the match just said, you know, I'm, don't play me on Sunday. I'm too tired. She was completely spent, had nothing left. So it'd be interesting to see um, the Sirens have a good uh, goaltending t- tandem in um, in Tina Girdler and, and uh, Sarah Dugaromachi. So uh, it'd be interesting to see um, if if uh, they they face a similar barrage of shots. Yeah, that that seems like it would be a very good strategy is
0: just pump on as many shots as possible, exhaust the goaltenders. Um, and, but the Sirens, as you mentioned, have that have that very strong goalie tandem and can i guess you'd say the sirens would feel confident putting uh putting either of them in net for either game and so i guess if your strategy is to try and exhaust them well you've got to deal with someone who coming in completely fresh who plays a world-class level like how how do you game plan for that
1: yeah well i I guess you know that's that's why i'm not a coach um (laughs) So you know, I, I think that the message will will be um, you know similar against the um, against the the sirens for the inferno. You know, put pucks on that, but but also get bodies in front. So you know, restricting vision uh, vision and and you know, getting some some tips and um, just make as you say that they're two world class goaltenders. Um, so just making sure that you're making their job as as difficult as possible in in um, whatever way that looks
0: maybe try and slot through the defensive line and go for breakaways to try and get those one-on-ones might be the best way to try and do it. But the Sirens also have a world-class defense. So, you know, you can probably throw that one out the window as well. So I, I think without wanting to come off sounding like an idiot, I think the best way for the, for the Inferno to try and break down Break down the Sirens' defense and goaltending might be to try and get on the power play as often as possible. Try and frustrate the Sirens into making sloppy penalties and play as much of the game as they can at five on four.
1: Yeah, I, I think so, and I I think it, it, they're going to be different games than the games that they had against the Lightning. I, I don't think the the Sirens will will seed uh, possession as much, um, if I can put put it that way. Uh, I I think that the the Sirens, um, you know, have. have uh, have done a, a good job of controlling uh, possession and games as a result so I think you know being opportunistic for sure I think the the Inferno they've, they've got some uh, you know great players they've got Michelle Clark Crumpton they've got um, uh, Elizabeth Scala Isla Malk and Molly Lachowiak. Um so they, they've got the skilled players to be able to convert um, let's yeah it'll be interesting to, to see what happens
0: And just a reminder, you can watch all those games live and exclusive on Clutch TV. Uh, That will end uh, our first period, but stay tuned for the second period as Andrew McDougall and I chatted to Kelly Costa. And joining us now from the Brisbane Lightning here on the podcast is Kelly Costa. Kelly, how are you today?
2: I'm good. How are you?
0: I am doing fantastic now. I want to clarify something because when we were doing our research for this, um, Elite Prospect says that you're retired. Can you confirm that you're not retired?
2: <laughs> Clearly not. Um, I've probably retired from the national team, but not so much AWHL anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah, because we thought that was odd that it's got you listed as retired and apparently it's had you listed as retired for quite some time. So that's...
2: Who puts that up there anyways.
0: I, I have no idea how these websites work. If I'm being completely honest, um, I really
2: just thought I'm old, so uh, should retire.
0: <laughs> so I guess uh, one of the big questions is: Has the jerseys arrived yet?
2: No, <laughs> no. But we're doing well with our maroon jerseys.
0: Oh, uh, that's I, I suppose that's part of the problems with doing a a rebrand so close to uh to the start of the season is you, you run into all these postal delays unfortunately um yeah. and so i guess we'll, we'll start off by talking about the, the the rebrand uh the AW teams previously the brisbane goannas that you, you decided to rebrand and become part of the the brisbane lightning and i guess what's that what's that process been like
2: well luckily i haven't had anything to do with it <laughs> um that's been all the management team lead coaches etc um, but I think it's a really good step um, to be affiliated with the men's team. Um, I think we're the last team to do that in the AWHL with the other teams um, potentially. So um, I think it'll be good, I think, because it'll open up a lot of, um, lot of fans really. Um, and it was noticeable in our first um, home series last weekend where we definitely got a lot more fans and a lot of people that maybe had been out to watch the men play in the past and they want to follow the women.
0: And it, it's been uh, it's been a long time between drinks uh, for for the A dub, um, you know, three years essentially. Yeah. Has it been like, like what's it been like coming back in after such a long layoff?
2: Uh, I found it pretty tough actually. I hadn't put skates on for what two and a half years, so um, it was a bit rough. <laughs> um, luckily, a lot of the other girls had been on the ice and um, played you know in the national tournaments and that. Um, but a bit rusty, but I think once you're on, it kind of all falls into place really.
0: Was there ever any point over the COVID pauses that you considered just walking away and like not coming back when the AW relaunched or was it just, uh, let's just get back into it. Like I'm the entire time through COVID, it's just like, I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go
2: uh i i just love hockey so i don't think i ever want to give it up i think i'll be like a 90 year old playing hockey um i <laughs> will have to be like a masters senior awhl league um but yeah no i never really considered not playing anymore um yeah
3: in terms of the um the current season is have gone four games and won two lost two um, do you feel like you're getting your game together as as each game goes past? It's been a long layoff for a lot of players um, and, and yet there's a couple of games there where the scoreline probably doesn't reflect your effort, but there's games there where you've actually fought really hard to get the win. Do you feel like it's coming together as a group?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't think the scores reflect um, the game at all. I think um, the two games in Sydney, we went down to Sydney, but um, especially in that second game, we proved that, Um, the Lightning team don't really give up. um, And we actually played better in our second game. Um, And then we built on that this past weekend against Perth as well. Um, I think we played better and better each game. Um, So I think, you know, the score is one thing, but I think it's, it's quite positive. You know, we've got a lot of young players um, a lot of rookies this year, but then we also have a lot of experience on our team. So I think, you know, our coach said the other game, and I totally agree that the, the future for women's hockey is bright in Queensland at the moment. Um, I think we've got a lot of potential um, over the next few years and even this year. Uh,
0: one of the one of the weird quirks with the scheduling is that, um, is that the Lightning won't actually step back onto the ice for another month in a competitive A-Dub game. Yeah. And like, how difficult is is the long time between games? Um, you know, relatively speaking, and I I guess you could probably say it's it's not that long, given that it's been two and a half years between seasons. But like yeah. like in terms of in a season itself, it's a long time between games. Like how 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 does the team keep going during such a, a lengthy um uh, like such a lengthy gap?
2: Yeah, I think um, it is difficult and I don't know how the other teams go. I think they probably train a little bit more, but getting ice time in Queensland can sometimes be a bit difficult. Um, so we do end up with some some pretty terrible ice times, um, you know, at 9.45 at night, but we'll take what we can get. Um, so I know that the team does try and get on the ice as much as possible. Um, outside of that, we're doing, you know, off ice training um, and planning for other things as well to try and keep everything going it is difficult um I know they're planning on organizing some kind of practice games as well in the meantime but
0: and and I I guess like what do you do with such a like you personally like d- do you find times to just get back on the ice do you study do you watch game film independently like how how do you keep yourself sharp during such a uh, such a long layoff away from the rest of the team
2: I think just trying to keep individual fitness is really important um so trying to maintain that as much as possible um i like watching games so i'll watch other teams play um and watch over our games as well i always find that you get a lot out of doing that um i tend not to watch a lot of like you know nhl or other sort of hockey on tv so i've got a three-year-old that takes up the tv with Bluey. Um, but. Yeah, pretty much just keeping up my own fitness um, and trying to, I guess, organise things with the team as much as possible as well.
3: And hey, You're talking about um, some of the young players that you've got in the team and you think of um, Georgia Watson, um, Katrina Rapchuk. They've started the season really well. What's it, what's it like for you to see? Obviously, um, you've been around for a while now within the system. What's it like to see players like that come into the, um, into the league and actually perform straight away really well?
2: Yeah, I think it's amazing. Um, I think the first time I played in AWHR was like maybe 2009, 2010, around then. Um, And it was definitely a different level of hockey. Um, It's improved significantly over the years. Um, I think the Young Guns, it's incredible what they're doing now. Um, And I think probably part of that is that we've got such a good UA team program now. Um, you know, I was part of it as a team physio for a few years there in the start um so seeing those girls now be more senior players on the team, it's pretty awesome so um yeah, I think they're incredible. They're super confident, which is great, um and they've got so much more to build as well, which is and, exciting
0: and, so and and you mentioned the you know going all the way back uh one of those players who you would have come up against was a very very young Remy Harvey. Uh, yeah. who made her debut at 11, as we found out last week here on the pod, and I still can't quite believe it. Um, and just some of the, like, you look at her career and some of the things she's been able to do, and she's still relatively young by comparison, yeah, and she's, she's almost a senior veteran at this point. How does having someone like Remy around who's kind of, I guess you'd say a testament to where hard work would act, can actually get you if you put everything to your effort for all, these, uh, for all these younger people coming through. Yeah, and
2: I think I think she's a great role model and there's quite a few of them. I mean, um, I was with them the first time they went away with the U18 team. I we went to Japan um, and there's a whole group of them actually. Um, and now they're all the senior players on different teams. So I think it's incredible um, and it's exciting to see where the girls like Katrina and Georgia will be in a few years as well.
3: And in terms of your, you've obviously had a bit of stability there with your, your coaching department as well. Um, with uh, Tom, Tom Harkness and Matthew Meyer, and you've also got Jaden Pine-Murphy, who's um, around the Australian ice hockey league, is a pretty big name. Um, yeah. What's the message been from, from all the coaches coming into the season?
2: They're all pretty po- positive about the team. Um, I think they recognise that we do have a lot of skill, but more importantly, I think what's been good is that we've all kind of shown the team itself is quite cohesive. Um, and positive so I think that's been a really good thing and, and and something that um will take I think the team um pretty far absolutely
0: and we've touched on this a little bit already but you, you've been around for quite a while um you've kind of you've, you've kind of done it all um but I want to I want to talk about your, your national team experience for, uh, so for for this next little bit what are some of the highlights that, that you had as a member of the national team
2: uh I think um I guess firstly because meeting a lot of people um that we played against for so many years but never actually played with was pretty awesome um the first year that we went away we went to Spain and we did win that year so that was probably the biggest highlight um uh the level of coaching was amazing as well um so we had Lindsay's do um just great coaching um And I think the second year we went away, we went to Korea and that was around the Winter Olympics, just before the Winter Olympics. So that was a really good experience as well. So I think the biggest thing that I've taken away from it, um, for me, it was really exciting because I'd gone out, um, I've gone away with the under-18 team for a few, you know, a few trips already. Um, So it was exciting to actually go away as a player as well.
0: And you look at where the national team program is at now and the development of the, the national team has just come along leaps and bounds and you've touched on it with, you know, just how strong the under 18s program is, but the, you know, the the senior program is going incredibly well at the same time. And I guess what's it like for you seeing, seeing those changes with the senior team as well and seeing like kind of where things have gone to where things are now. And like, I guess, how do you see the program performing in the future?
2: Yeah, I think it's, um, it's all been quite positive over the last few years. Um, I think there's obviously we've got the U18s coming through, which are going to strengthen the senior team as well. Um, but I think in general, you know, the the attitude around the senior team and, and the under 18s as well has been amazing. Um, everyone's super hardworking, super into it. And I think that's really important. Um, you know, when I first moved here a long time ago, um, it was, you know, it didn't seem like people were, you know, super keen on playing on the team and we're happy to give it a miss, whereas now people are really quite competitive to want to play on the team, um, which I think is great.
3: Is that is that something that you try to push on the younger players or the players that are potentially um, are up for selection for Australia? You, you, you push for them to actually put their hand up?
2: Yeah, I think I usually, I wouldn't push them, but I would encourage them definitely um, if they want to, if that's something they're interested in. Um, I think everyone's a little bit different. I think most of the players on our team are pretty keen to do that and would also be at the level where they could do that. Um, so I think it's my role would be more about just supporting them in what they want to do, really. If that's something that they want to do as one of their goals, then helping them to find, you know, to to build the skills to be able to do that and the confidence it, as well.
0: You don't have to push them. They're on skates. Just give them a little bit of a nudge <laughs> and they'll go flying. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that whistle means that it is time for the penalty kill. The penalty kill is our little rapid fire segment. where we just try to get some quick answers out of our guests. For those of you who have forgotten. Um, so favorite karaoke song.
2: Oh, um, anything Shania Twain.
0: Let's go girls. Uh, favorite (laughs) meal.
2: Uh, I like anything my mum makes because she doesn't live here. Obviously anything but also just really like garlic bread
0: <laughs> favorite travel destination
2: um well my family's portuguese so portugal i haven't been there in a while since we got married uh favorite book oh um i just finished listening to an audiobook um called untamed by glennon Doyle, and i thought it was pretty good
0: uh favorite movie or tv show
2: <laughs> at the moment like i said all i watch is bluey <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's fair. Uh, (laughs) Favourite Simpsons character?
2: Oh, Lisa, because she's smart. Uh,
0: What's the best rink that you've ever played at?
2: Oh, well, having grown up in Canada, there's some pretty good rinks around there Um, and playing in the States as well. I think the the rink that we played in in, um, South Korea was pretty awesome before the Olympics.
0: Uh, What's the worst rink that you've ever played at?
2: Oh um look the Gold Coast rink isn't great um but I'm sure there's much worth out there
0: <laughs> uh what's your favorite sport besides ice hockey and why uh
2: soccer I grew up playing soccer as well so I love soccer what position much did you cheaper play cheaper to play <laughs>
0: center <laughs> mid and what is your favorite flavor of shapes
2: shapes um the chicken crimpies
0: you got another crimpy
2: whoa yeah
0: uh gordon is gonna ones, hate... i think gordon is <laughs> gonna hate that <laughs>
3: we are we are on a roll right now with the chicken crimpy <laughs> uh,
0: and that is the penalty kill um so i guess you, you mentioned growing up in canada i'm guessing that's how you discovered ice hockey you know are canadians born with skates on their feet?
2: <laughs> yeah kind of except my parents were immigrants to canada so they didn't know they didn't quite grow up with any of that um but we did have a little pond outside of um our apartment building so I started skating at about three um which I think is pretty normal there <laughs>
0: um and then I guess how did your how did your career get started
2: uh well my bro- I have an older brother um and he played hockey um so my there was no sort of girls hockey at the time um so I did figure skating which I think I started around six um and then finally managed to convince my parents to Swap me into hockey around ten or eleven, um, and then from there, just I played on a boys team for quite a while, um, and then at some point in there, we started getting some girls teams, um. So, unlucky for my parents, I kind of played on both teams, um, concurrently. So, a lot of driving for them for many years, um, and then eventually played University of Waterloo in Canada.
0: And uh, I guess that that conversation to make the switch was it was it a difficult conversation?
2: Oh no, not really. <laughs> uh, they were a bit worried, um, but they put me in power skating um, first to see if I could handle it. I guess, um, and because I'd already I knew how to figure skate, I was okay with that. Um, it was mostly just that I couldn't hold a stick or do anything with the pucks, but I could skate that, so that was all that mattered.
3: Was it Was it quite competitive between yourself and your brother when it comes to ice hockey?
2: No. <laughs> no, he's pretty good. He's about six years older, so um, he's always been super supportive. Um, I can definitely skate faster than him.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, just one from me is just around the back to um to Brisbane. Um, as one of the leaders on the team and with uh, a roster full of um young players, even even young goalies, um, how do you go about leading and and um? and being one of those leaders on the team for these, for these players um, for this season. Um, And you've obviously got um, players like Jamie and that you can lean on as well, who have been part of the system for a while, but what's your approach to, to actually leading these young, this young team?
2: Well, I think it's a bit of a team effort really. Like we've got, you know, Lindsay, Abby and Danny as assistant captains. Um, And then we've got some really senior players, like you said, Jamie, um, we've got Nita etc so we've got lots of really senior players as well and then we've got quite a few you know young players I think we've got like eight or nine rookies um, so I think we all kind of do it together really I'm, I'm not like a really loud person or anything like that um, so I just try and lead by example really on the ice um, and I guess I'm kind of maybe like a motherly figure to the, to the little ones.
0: You've, you've had a couple of weeks of the season now and you know you, you've got to see a couple of different teams around the league. I guess as the season goes on, you get you get to see more and more teams in action. Does it, does it become easier to game plan, given that there is that footage available to watch? And it's I guess because it's been such a long layoff as well, I can imagine that you'd expect every team to be playing differently than how they were when the league shut down to start with.
2: Yeah, um, I think so. And even just looking at the team lists, um it's definitely different to the past where in the past I could know pretty much every you know player on the team whereas now i you know there's quite a few that I'm like oh who's that where'd they come from um but I think we just approach it um every team the same really and play our game plan um it was also good to watch um the games that were held I think in October the national series as well which is good because you get an idea of different players
0: and then just we we'll, we'll, we'll kind of just wrap this up every week with the same questions so, so i guess what like what do you think the most pressing issue is within ice hockey in australia and why Ooh,
2: um i think i mean it's grown a lot which is great and i think there's a lot more exposure for women but i think still we're you know ages behind um i think you know you're never going to get i mean at the moment we're not getting anywhere near the coverage that obviously that men's sports do and that's you know in every sport worldwide i guess um so i think until people start doing that i think with with brisbane especially it's availability of ice time and being able to um get ice but also the cost of it as well um you know we've got a lot of young players and so their parents are supporting them but we also got a lot of people that are working um so it makes it difficult so i think um being able to get exposure some more support sponsors however that is um I think you know Australia hockey in Australia is doing great with having that UA team program um I guess the next thing that would potentially help as well is um you know getting a bit more like intensity of practice so even if there was like a tier two type of league for AWHL where um other players could also play and maybe they just did like you know two sort of tournaments or showcases and i think that would also help develop skill as well
0: and then so i guess what would be the best thing or things that can be done to to help grow the sport in australia as a whole so that it can reach its full potential
2: well i think the players themselves are doing a great job of trying to promote it and i think by you know elevating the game from a skill level is really good as well um because you know we can prove that women can play Um, I think just continuing trying to get it out there, um, trying to find sponsors, people that take it a bit more seriously, I guess.
3: Just on that, what you're just saying is I suppose that the national championships, um, having those sort of events, um, will obviously play a big role in that. Not only from an on ice perspective of, um, of skill wise and getting some, um, fitness and that leading into the seasons, but actually, um, getting the players out there that people can see.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's probably, you know, a lot of players that can't commit to an AWHL season, whether it's financially or time or whatever it is. So having those other sort of smaller tournaments would be great because it keeps them on the ice, keeps them skilled, and might eventually, you know, be able to come back to the AWHL.
0: And uh, thank you, Kelly, for joining us on the podcast this week. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on, and we look forward to seeing you back in action uh, in about a month's time when you will face the Melbourne Ice uh, down in Melbourne. Thanks guys. And we once again thank Kelly for joining us from the Brisbane Lightning. An absolute delight to listen to. Her. It's just and I really hope they get their jerseys soon because I I want to see those amazing Lightning jerseys on the ice as opposed to the maroon jerseys that they're currently trotting out. But we've got some unfortunate stuff to talk about. Um, and that is the, the the Clutch Broadcast. And just a reminder that the AWIHL is live and exclusive on Clutch TV. Your web browser, your smartphone, your tablets, your smart TVs. Just go to the app stores of your respective devices and download the Clutch TV app. Every single game live and on demand, exclusive to Clutch TV. But th- there has been some slight problems with the broadcast so far and I guess you can kind of expect these teething problems when you move services to a new provider that's doing, that's doing the show. But I guess having, having the broadcast cut out in the middle of a game isn't ideal. Like for me, there's basic stuff missing with the score bug, like special teams, time, time, would be nice rather than me trying to have to manually guess how much longer is remaining on, like on special teams, like just, just little things like that. And I, I guess, how have you seen it Gordon?
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, I've, I've thought about this a lot and uh, cause it's, it's a, it's a delicate issue. It's a difficult issue. And, you know, like I, and I wasn't involved with, you know, <laughs> And the negotiating or, or, you know, any, any of the choices that that are made regarding the broadcast. Um, uh, you know, you you think back to the previous relationship that, that the league had with with ThoughtFox Media, and and you know they've um demonstrated or, or mentioned their gratitude towards them, and and you know they they did uh you know top class coverage, um you know they they had they had similar things go wrong, but they built up. a a kind of record of of um you know uh, a set built up a standard and so you you kind of let those things slide so even the things that that we've seen with with clutch there's there's been a, a few things that um you know are probably similar um but it's unfortunate that that they haven't built that same standard of you know professionalism um to the game so there's uh what would would we like to see top quality um you know broadcasting and and multiple camera views you know absolutely but all that comes at a cost and pragmatically it's an amateur league that just doesn't have the funding to be able to to support that so um you know uh, I think that the that the standard can only improve um I think as the commentators become more familiar with the game I, I think a lot of them have uh experience you know commentating other sports and they bring those kind of uh knowledge bases into hockey which doesn't always work um but you know hope, hopefully uh fingers crossed um you know that that improves uh how, how have you uh, seen it steven i mean look
0: i'm not campaigning for multiple camera angles i i think we've seen with some other work that clutch has done um, and I'm speaking specifically here with my background with MPL TV is that single camera works fine on a week to week basis. Your premier games, like your final series, absolutely multiple camera angles are probably a must, but for your standard week to week game, single camera for an amateur league is, is fine. It's, I think it's interesting that you mentioned the commentators because I think when you have such such a depth of commentators available around the country who know the sport, why do you feel the need to try and reinvent the wheel in getting other people in is is my biggest complaint. like there's been there's been some interesting there's been some interesting wording of certain plays this year and i i think you need to you need to make sure that as a commentator you're understanding the game that you're doing your research to do it well and give the game the respect that it deserves i understand that learning a new sport is completely difficult but i i come back to the point of you have a depth of comment of commentators around the country who already know this sport and would be available and I, I just i don't see the need to reinvent the wheel it's like look it's definitely better to have some commentary than no commentary but when you have the option of commentators know the sport available to work why why the broadcaster is not reaching out to these commentators is is a puzzling decision to me i i guess what do you what are your thoughts there
1: yeah like it's it's complex i like i don't i don't know what's involved i know that the the contract with clutch tv uh so that's signed um through ice hockey australia and and the idea is that you know clutch is um national and will be able to cover more than just the awihl um so it it makes sense from from a cost perspective uh i i think perhaps that the late signing of the contract, um, you know, only a, a few weeks before the, the season starts, that that probably put put clutch in, in behind straight from the get go. Um, and you know, it's, it's difficult. like I, I'm not sure what the costings are for, for them. like if, if they the commentators that they currently have are permanent staff and whether that's cheaper than, than you know getting contractors and, and you know keeps the price down. I, I just don't know. Um, I, I I will say that there there are I agree with you that there are a lot of people that that know the game of ice hockey that would be happy to to jump on and and assist in some way um, because i I think the the one thing um, and you know I don't want to get controversial and and I think this uh, partnership with clutch has a lot of potential, but the one thing that I think no one wants to see, is um, conversations like this, uh, where it, instead of talking about the wonderful play of of the players and the teams and the stars in the league, that you, due to circumstances uh, we're we're talking about the the, the broadcasting. So, um, yeah, I, I hope that that can change pretty quickly. I know, uh, uh, optimistically, uh, I know that that this weekend they will have a. Um, uh, I, I I don't have the details of the person, but a female a color commentary a, a specialist assisting with the 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 main commentary. So um, I think that will be invaluable to have someone with that expert knowledge that is is able to to just explain to to fans and you know quite frankly the commentator um, what's what's going on on the ice. You know, oh, there's four players um, on the ice. That's because a player was sent off for tripping, and you know. Like things that just—if you're not familiar with the sport—if this is the fastest game on earth—if uh, you've come from a sport like, uh, you know, football, soccer, AFL, um, to hockey, you're in a tough place because it's completely different. People are changing all the time, um, different strategy, different terminology. So let's let's just hope, um, and I, and I think it will. Let's just hope that that it continues to to improve um and and grow uh you know i i, I think as, as people who just want the sport of hockey to succeed you this this is what we have how do we make it work to the to the uh, you know the best way that we can
0: yeah i i see exactly what you're talking about like and to, to just give an example of that for those i mean if you're listening to this podcast you definitely know but if you stumbled upon this podcast by accident um, and we thank you for, for sticking around to, to listen to this all throughout the episode. <laughs> we also um, apologize. <laughs> you, you've got your forward lines that change every 45 seconds, like on average, and and it's done on the fly. You get three new forwards on the ice every 45 seconds. Uh, and and on, the, on, the, on the blue line, as defenders, you generally only have six to seven players on a team and they're in pairs, so they'll rotate in and out, you know, probably every 45 seconds or a minute or so. And so... You, for the most part, you get five new players on the ice every forty-five to sixty seconds. Like that's a lot to that's a lot to keep up with for people who are inexperienced at knowing this sport. And so I I can understand why some of these mistakes are being made if people aren't familiar with ice hockey. But yeah, I, I guess for me it is it is just frustrating watching this and seeing you know basic errors that probably shouldn't be being made if. Like, Or oh, that wouldn't be being made by a commentator knowing the sport, if that makes sense. And this is not – I don't want this to come off as a full scathing criticism of Clutch because, as I've mentioned, I've done work with uh, with MPL TV, Football New South Wales. I like the setup that Clutch has. I think there's a lot to grow on and a lot to build off. And I want to see – I want to see more of that because I, I think – and you've said this before – I think the potential that is there with Clutch is – astronomical to build off it has that national platform it's a national company you know it has its own inbuilt programming its apps its websites where you can watch the game every single every single piece of programming that clutch puts out apart from apart from the npl tv content which is a separate app but it's all it's all available in the one place i can go from watching ice hockey to swimming to to Australian rules to you and find all these different things that's like having visibility like that available for the IAHA and the A dub is going to be a good thing because it allows people who have never seen this book before to stumble across the content that can only help turn these people into lifelong fans. And that's that's ultimately what we want to see out of this. And I think so I think the I think the bar is incredibly high. But it's just trying to get that bar high and putting out that production and getting everything right. And I think, I, I hope it is done relatively quickly as well as you've already
1: said. I think the main thing that, that uh, I appreciate is being able to watch the sport. And I think if, if, you know, I, I can, I can let some things go with, with commentary at the moment. And there's been some initial camera issues or setup issues or whatever issues. uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't. That's above my technical knowledge, but I'd i like the fact that you know we're able to watch the games. I think that's important. I remember you know um, I've been around long enough as a as a, a Leafs fan to where you couldn't watch them on on TV or, or the internet uh, from Australia and and listening to the radio broadcast, which was which was phenomenal. I can still I can replay word for word a lot of the ads that I watched on AM six forty radio. Um, but uh, so I, I think we are incredibly privileged to be able to watch the games. Um let's just hope that the production, you know, continues to to improve and that the focus is, is on the athletes, the the teams, um, the coaches, you know, the people involved. Um I think that's the best thing for for the sport right now.
0: Yeah, I, I, I do agree with that. And I just like I'm a commentator myself, so I- I'm probably picking out a little bit more of these things than what some other people will. Because uh, ultimately, I just want to see good comment. I say I, I want to hear good commentary to accompany what I'm watching. But that will do us for this week. Um, as I mentioned, you can, d- despite what we've just said, um, we we do absolutely enjoy being able to watch these games on Clutch TV live and exclusive to Clutch TV, but that will do us for this week. Um, For good and good enough, my name is Stephen Paletti. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you next week.